0: If you're an older sales rep, heck, if you are even a younger sales rep, we need to have a quick heart-to-heart, and on this week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast, we're gonna go there. My name is Paul Castain from Castane Training Systems, and I'm the author of the YourSalesPlaybook.com blog, and your host for the Sales Playbook Podcast. I've personally trained over 60,000 sales reps sales leaders and business owners to sell more so get your playbooks ready because school is now in session this week's episode of the sales playbook podcast is brought to you by our brand new ai sales mastery course and it's going to be launching on july 21st 2023 going to be talking all about it at the end of the podcast if you happen to be impatient like yours truly is uh feel free to visit your sales playbook.com slash ai sales mastery so i want to get right down to business and there's something that i really want to talk to you guys about and it's something you know if we were hanging out it would be one of those moments where it's like, hey, you know, do you have a minute? You know, I got something on my mind, something that's kind of not sitting well with me. And I was hoping we could talk about it. It's so kind of, I want you to take it in that spirit. And there's going to be a little bit of tough love. And as I mentioned in the intro, this message is mostly for the older sales reps. Now, when I say the older sales reps, yes, I definitely mean old fuckers like me, who are 58 years young, but, I mean, even anybody who's over the age of 40. Now, I'm not going to go off on a tangent, and the reason why I say over the age of 40, because this is actually going to be an episode that we're going to be kind of covering, not kind of covering, we're going to be cannonballing into that pool uh, in the near future, but I notice, man, they're, they're just, when I see pictures on LinkedIn of sales teams that had a kickoff or, you know, they all got together and there's a picture of all of them hanging out at the table, drinks in hand, you know, just kind of, you know, a regional meeting or whatever, I, I often ask myself, where the hell... Are all the old salespeople, did they send them out on a beer run? Are they hiding them away in a closet? Are they ashamed of them? Is it the old fucker, like, taking the picture of the team? I just don't see a heck of a lot of sales reps that are over the age of 40. Now, that troubles me because you know that tells me a lot of companies out there now yeah there are industries that have plenty of people over the age of 40. Printing is one of them and I came from that industry so you know it's almost like you know the people that are in the printing industry you know you're you're not people that are doing this but man in the tech industry I don't (laughs) I really don't see anybody over the age of 40 so um This message is really for anyone over the age of 40, and all of that, I go through that whole long-winded thing, I I don't think it's going to hurt. I don't think it's going to hurt you at all if you're under the age of 40 to listen to this. So, you ready for this? And don't give me an eye roll when I say this to you. You got to hear me out. We got to do like a pinky promise or something. You ready? You guys have to start keeping up. What do I mean by that? You have to start keeping up with the technology that's out there. And I know this for a fact, that there's so many people in sales that are stubborn, and they're used to doing things a certain way. Anytime any bit of technology comes along that could make our life easier, there's all this pushback and skepticism and just flat out criticizing of these new technological advances. Now, I'm gonna use myself as an example because you know, I don't want you to think that I'm some high and mighty tita, you know, type of pompous ass here that's got it all figured out. As I've often said on this podcast, you know, when it comes to dumb mistakes. You guys will never outdumb me. I've made them all, and I've made them in quantity. And, you know, I've been there several times throughout my career. In fact, I could tell you without any hesitation if I wasn't a sales trainer, and especially if I didn't have a business that was dependent on keeping up, really ideally keeping ahead, Uh, I'd probably be right in there with you resisting change. I'm also here to tell you that I've noticed, and maybe your experience is different, maybe I'm stereotyping here, but I notice, at least for me, the older we get, just, you know, our ability to embrace change just seems to diminish we just seem to push back more and we get very uncomfortable with it now I want to give you a couple of examples of some things and I'm going to bring it right into the present day but I mentioned this on the last podcast so forgive me for the repeated sermon but uh repetition is the mother of skill but back in a uh, faraway time called 2008 I realized that if I didn't act, if I didn't get on LinkedIn, if I didn't embrace personal branding, and back then we referred to this at least my my good friend Nigel uh, Edelstein coined the phrase of Sales 2.0. If I didn't embrace Sales 2.0, then I would at a minimum miss opportunities. But you know, here's the other thing. I knew that I would be underscoring the and 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 this really pains me to say this but I'm going to say it anyway. I would be underscoring the stereotype of older people being in some cases a dinosaur and you know an older person not keeping up, an older person who's really stuck in, you know, sales techniques that probably, you know, many of you younger people that are listening are saying, yeah, my, my dad did that, or my grandfather did that, and times change. Now, I want to tell you something, not only, and, and this isn't about LinkedIn and personal branding, it's just an example that I'm giving, but I want to just tell you that those things that I mentioned, especially LinkedIn, they are no longer optional. In many cases, and I'm dead serious about that. They are no longer optional. And in many cases, if you are, if any time in, you know, the last, I don't know, two years, I would say, maybe a little longer, having a LinkedIn profile is now a mandatory part of the application process for a lot of companies out there. I mean, you have to put in a link to your LinkedIn profile. So imagine that you're looking for a job. Many of you have been laid off. I mean, it's just a sickening number of layoffs that have occurred in in the last eight to 12 months, and now you don't have that. Or even those of you who were laid off and you're looking for any kind of an in and you haven't built a network on LinkedIn. How hard is it now? How much harder is it for you now trying to land that next job opportunity? But <clears throat> I promise you we weren't going to be talking about, you know, getting stuck in 2008 and talking about LinkedIn and personal branding. I want to fast forward to 2023 and I really feel the same way about AI specifically those of you who are not embracing chat gpt um once again i believe that it results in missed opportunities and and you know i almost don't want to keep apologizing for it because it just seems insincere but you know forgive me because i think it's a bullshit stereotype but this is exactly how you get regarded as a dinosaur that when you don't embrace the things that have become essential and things like chat gpt they they absolutely are becoming essential so you know the thing that i want to mention you know is why am i singling out older reps Well, older reps especially, I think, and hear me out on this, I think a lot of our buyers have gotten younger. Do you guys, have you noticed that? I know, again, a lot of the industries, printing and manufacturing, um, you know, there's some industries where they've always been on the younger side, like tech, but they're getting younger. But I'm also here to tell you that many of you are now reporting to sales leadership that is younger and once again you don't want to underscore the stereotype and you know i I just think it's important um i'm here to tell you that you know and again what is that stereotype that older people are not tech savvy they don't embrace technology And, you know, it's really sad that the world is that way, but in, and I'm not saying it's every single person, every single industry that everybody listening to this is going through this. It's a real generalized statement that I'm making, but I've just seen it at a very, you know, substantial level where older people who are not embracing these essential technological advances are being left in the dust and that's not good so you know at a minimum my point here at a minimum is you have to keep up but ideally you should be the one bringing this technology that to me gets rid of the stereotype that to me changes the perception and you know i just think the ultimate role that we could ever play as sales professionals hear me out here i don't care if you're dealing with a customer i mean especially with a customer but with our peers with the ones that we're reporting to is to take on the role of a teacher when we take on the role of teacher, especially when we know what the hell we're talking about, there's a level of respect that comes with it. And you sure as hell aren't regarded as somebody who's pushing back now and saying, fuck this, and, you know, I don't want to embrace this technology, and all the things that a younger person looks at and says, this person is ancient we i mean we definitely don't want that now i want to be crystal clear about something and then we're going to wrap up because i think i've made the point anything after this i'm just going to be beating the hell out of the point but i want to be clear in saying that this doesn't mean that we should chase every bright shiny new object when it comes to technology but i mean we really have to stop resisting change specifically technology now i know that many of you out there are listening to this and you know what you're you're probably thinking and maybe even saying out loud which which is kind of weird if you think about it you're talking out loud to your speaker basically but whatever 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 moves you dude but you might be thinking well nothing beats good old-fashioned selling skills wrong I mean, seriously, you are. You couldn't be more wronger if that was even a word. I'm, I'm so pissed. I'm making up words right now. No, but seriously, you, you couldn't be more wrong. Nothing beats good old-fashioned sales skill. There is something that beats good old-fashioned selling skills. You know what it is? It's marrying good old-fashioned selling skills with technology. Seriously. Think about it. That's what beats the shit out of good old fashioned selling skills. And I'm also here to tell you, I think that line, nothing beats good old fashioned selling skills, is a cop out. It's a way for a lot of people to justify not or really being in denial to the fact that technology scares the shit out of them. And you know what? It scares me too. There's nothing wrong with being scared of something. There is nothing wrong with being uncomfortable with something. And you know what? I just feel like this is a corny example. I feel like now I'm like being that cheesy motivational speaker. But, you know, I mean, you don't remember this. But, you know, in fact, I I wouldn't even use you as an example. Those of us with children, I want you to think about when your child or children were learning how to walk it was uncomfortable they fell on their ass a few times right scared the hell out of you as a parent you probably like i did you know you, you're like walking right by him with hands on both sides just to get ready to grab them or whatever it was incredibly uncomfortable and but lo and behold You know, unless, you know, the child ended up, God forbid, having a physical disability, you know, learn to walk, right? I mean, this is no different. And you know what? I said this on another podcast, and it was uh, the late, great Zig Ziglar who said this. I listened to a goals program that he did, man. uh, I listened to this way back in 1988 and before i tell you what he said i just want to tell you what sentimental value that particular goals program has for me uh 1988 my father had just passed away um you know a few months before and i was lost i lost my best friend he was a business partner we were in business together and I, you know, my wedding was coming up six months later. I was really bummed that, you know, my best friend, mentor, business partner, my father wasn't going to be there. And um, one of his dear friends did something that was just absolutely uh, wonderful and caring. He came to visit me. And this is when I first like, started getting into the printing industry. I was a printing apprentice, learning how to run presses and really every part of the operation. And he was a customer of this mutual friend of my dad's, a uh, gentleman by the name of John Oak, who uh, taught me the printing industry. We, back then, it was um, a little something-something called uh, quick printing. We did like resumes and short runs and things like that. He came to visit me. And he said, Paul, I've really been thinking a lot about you and the challenges you have and all. And this particular, back then it was cassette tape. So now I'm definitely sounding ancient. We're, we're having a podcast today about not becoming a dinosaur. And I'm using references that are like, you know, forever ago. But he gave me a cassette back in 1988. And uh, it was on Goals. And it really ha- helped me to turn around my life and gave me just a, a much deeper thirst for learning. And a lot of the things in that program, I still go back to today. But anyway, it was the late, great Zig Ziglar who said something very interesting about fear. And I want you to think about fear because many of you um, you know, are avoiding a lot of these technological advances, especially all the latest stuff with AI, because you're scared. Now, before I tell you what he said, I do want to uh, just kind of go off on a brief tangent and just cite a study that's one of the, you know, Uncle Paulisms that I've been citing now for, it's got to be 16 years. Um, there was the study. That was done on procrastination and avoidance and it was by a gentleman I think uh, he was from the University of like Calgary or something like that and he did this study on procrastination and what they found that at the core of it was fear a fear that, you know, what if I try it and I fail, or maybe if perhaps a fear of, you know, I'm not going to be able to do that. This is beyond me. Or, you know, what if I try and it really just makes me feel dumb, right? Or I make an asshole of myself or whatever, right? And I'm sure he didn't say that in his report, you know, what if I make an asshole of myself, but I'm sure he meant to, right? So I'm saying it for you. I'm kind of channeling Dr. Peter Steele right now, but getting back to uh, Zig Ziglar and fear. Zig Ziglar said you have to regard fear. F-E-A-R, right? Here I am, right, dazzling you with my spelling skills. You have to regard it almost as an acronym. F-E-A-R, false evidence that appears real. And I want you to remember that if you're hesitating, to embrace technology, especially AI, perhaps you have been subject to false evidence that appears real. And I found throughout my life, I don't care if it was facing up to a bully, a bully, a bully. First day with my new tongue, ladies and gentlemen. Um. I don't care if it was facing up to a bully or getting the courage way back when, when, when I had hair and I was thinner, to get the balls to ask out the hot chick in, uh, in chorus class who I later married. And uh, when I look back at the things that scared me or even you know, more recently, um, many of you know my first business ended in disaster i mean seriously it was i always say it was the equivalent of getting in a fight with somebody on the playground and not only getting the shit kicked out of you but you know your opponent parading you around by your underwear in the worst almost sumo wrestler type of wedgie parading you around like the conquest you know like like the victor Right, and that was me in my first business. I got the shit beat out of me, um, and I just put my family through hell. Because when that business went out in 1995, I lost everything. Seriously, everything. I was about sixty, sixty-five thousand dollars in debt. I had two cars repossessed, and I felt like the world's biggest loser. And it was the kind of mistake that took me a while to remedy. Mostly the battle from within, rebuilding my confidence. I felt like I was done. I felt like I was a loser. And I know there's many of you listening to this right now with that resonates with you. And for years, I always wanted deep down to take another shot at business. But it was that false evidence that appeared real to me that kept me from doing it. And I worked my way through that fear. And in 2011, I started casting Training Systems and doing the math, 12 years, um, I've grown year over year. And in an industry where it seems like every day I get like another 100,000 competitors. I mean, I'm not kidding you. It is just littered with competitors. And here I am still standing and here I am growing year after year and i thank god that you know i got past that false evidence that appeared real and i'm really inviting you today to get past your false evidence that appears real and face up to you know the things that scare you and you know I guess my last note is this. There's a lot of people out there, and especially like motivational speakers and stuff, you know, they'll 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 talk about things, you know, because it's going to help you with your fear and everything, and they'll talk about shit like parachuting and everything else. Then, you know, I want to be clear about something. Yeah, I have some fears, and I have some things that make me uncomfortable that I would necessarily call fears, and one of them is, it's not that I'm afraid of heights, I just don't dig them, right? Um, I have no need to face that fucking fear. I really don't because I'm too busy with things that really matter to me. You know, I'm not planning on becoming a window washer on one of those scaffolds up on, you know, like the 32nd floor or some shit. So there's no need for me to jump out of a plane. But I'm talking about the shit that matters, the stuff that like impacts my career. I've learned that if I don't, I pay the price for that. So we're going to kind of leave off on that note before you go. If you have been wanting to just see what this whole AI stuff is all about, and you know everybody's been talking about this whole chat GPT thing and how to use it. I mean, it is just an incredible tool. And AI, when you marry it in with those good old-fashioned selling skills, can save you a tremendous amount of time. And it could help you not only get in front of more opportunities, but it can really just increase your deal velocity. In other words, you can get these deals across the finish line a lot faster. And as I've said before, if you guys you know, have been paying attention, which I'm sure you have been... Deals have been taken a little bit longer now with the economy and you know, there's still some some residual damage after the whole pandemic and and companies just are a little bit more cautious and all. So, you know, increasing deal velocity is definitely not a bad thing. If you'd like to learn more about the course that we have coming up on July twenty first, and I really hope you do. And that you don't let that false evidence that appears real keep you from embracing something that I truly believe could be a game changer for you. And at a minimum, keep you from getting left, you know, in the dust. I want you to visit YourSalesPlaybook.com slash AI Sales Mastery your sales slash ai sales mastery with that i'm paul Castain from your sales i am wishing you an incredible week ahead go get it. the sales playbook podcast is a castane training systems production sign up for my free sales tips by visiting your slash subscribe